Okay, so today I'm going to discuss DNA and chromatin regulation. Uh, we've talked about regulation quite frequently now, specifically regulation of gene expression. Uh, in the previous module, we talked about the Jacob Monod Lack operon and uh, transcription or regulation at the transcription level and how that's the most efficient. Um, but really, regulation of gene expression can occur in any step in the process of protein synthesis. So all the way at the beginning, transcription, and all the way at the end, post-translational modification, regulation can occur in this you know wide window. Uh, and this allows for the cell to exert energy only when is needed. So it has that adaptability and versatility aspects um, because of this. Uh, so I want to jog your memory on chromosomes and chromatin really quickly because we're going to be talking about that a lot in the module. Um, so recall that chromosomes hold DNA in the form of chromatin, which are just DNA supercoils. Uh, and chromatin, chromatin has three components. It has DNA, it has histones, and it has non-histone proteins. And I want to make it clear, histones are proteins as well. We just distinguish them. We just uh, need to draw this distinction between them and non-histone proteins. Um, quickly, nucleosomes are repeating units in the chromatin. So um, it's made of 146, they're made of 146 pa base pairs of double helical DNA. Uh, and this DNA, the nucleosome, uh, nucleosomes are wrapped tightly around a core of eight histones. So really kind of think of, uh, you know, your chromosome, you know, think of the X chromosome or the X shape of the chromosome if you know if you're picturing it a uh, picture you know you have your dna as a strand that's tightly wrapped around like you know a rock or whatever whatever helps you but really the histone is the histone is this large bulky protein that the strand wraps around um and the the dna strand we refer to as the nucleosome specifically the part that's wrapped tightly around the eight histones so let me just translate 146 base pairs is worth of helical dna is the nucleosome Okay, so kind of like a section of the entire DNA strand. Nucleosomes are therefore wrapped around an eight histone core. Okay, so there's not like four histones as I was actually under the impression. There's eight histones uh, involved in this uh, structural component of the uh, chromosome around which the nucleosome wraps itself around. Um, and it's worth noting that there are four types of histones in the eight histone core. There's H2A, H2B, H3 and H4. So these are all not the names of the histone, but rather the, the classification of the histone. And thankfully you don't need to, we don't really go into, you know, what, you know, what differences exist between these classifications. Just know that they're there. H2A, H2B, and then H3 and H4. Um, so let's begin now with the actual content of the module. Um, this form of regulation is going to be dictated by acetylation. Okay, and you know that by now that that is literally just the addition uh, of an acetyl group, right? And, and uh, this isn't too important, but an acetyl group is a two carbon chain with a carbonyl group. That's it. So it's a C double bonded to an O and then a CH3. Um, and so acetylation is the addition of an acetyl group and deacetylation is the removal of an acetyl group. And uh, regulation occurs uh, relative to these acetyl groups because when you add acetyl groups, um, uh, you actually uncoil the chromatin. Okay, so I told you that chromatin is tightly wrapped around these histone proteins, and uh, and we can eat, and when we add acetyl groups um, to the structure, we uncoil the chromatin. Similarly, if we um, if we chop off acetyl groups, we're coiling up the chromatin. Okay, and this is done by two enzymes. Uh, acetylation, so the uncoiling part, uh, occurs at histone's amino terminal tail. So it's not just anywhere on the histone or any part of the chromosome. Chromosome. It's specifically at the histones' amino terminal tails. So kind of like their ends, if you will. Uh, and this is catalyzed by histone acetyltransferase, or HAT, H-A-T. So this is the enzyme that uncoils chromatin by adding acetyl groups. Conversely, um, you can... Uh, um, 
uh, coil chromatin um, via the enzyme HDAC or HDAC, and that stands for histone deacetylase. So HAT acetylizes, which uh, uncoils, and HDAC deacetylizes, which coils. And again, this is all just adding or removing an acetyl group. You might ask, why do we need to coil or uncoil the chromatin? How does that play into regulation? And it's actually you know, quite simple. Um, uncoiling the chromatin makes that genetic material accessible by transcriptional machinery for gene expression. Okay, so I want you to think of the DNA, right? It's tightly wrapped around this histone. Now you're, you're trying to perform transcription, you know, with, you know, polymerase, the enzyme, but it can't do it because the, the chromatin is so tightly wound that, the, that uh, polymerase cannot bind to the uh, strand, right? It, it can't bind because it's so tightly wrapped around this histone core, uh, histone, uh, actually one of the histone proteins in the eight histone core. Um, so when we want to use the um, DNA strand, we have to uncoil it first. And that's what these enzymes do. HAT uncoils it for us to make it more accessible and HDAC packs it up. You can kind of think of the DNA wrapped around the histone core as kind of like uh, in reserve or like in storage. And then we only take out what we need. And by take out, I mean uncoil. Um, Specifically, when we, um, when we uncoil the chromatin through HAT, right? remember that enzyme HAT uncoils the chromatin, um, it, we, we refer to the uncoiled chromatin as U-chromatin in that it is transcriptionally active. Okay, so we can perform transcription on it. We can do stuff with it. Uh, conversely, um, HDAC coils the chromatin uh, and uh, it produces heterochromatin. It doesn't really produce like whole new chromatin. I want to make that clear. All we're doing is we're renaming the, the chromatin that we're dealing with. So if we uncoil it, that chromatin is now called the euchromatin, transcriptionally active. If we coil it up, it's called heterochromatin. It's transcriptionally inactive. And by transcriptionally inactive, that means, you know, you know, transcription can't occur. And this is really for those of you who are, you know, following along and really understand the concept of regulation. If you notice, this is the, the concept of regulation, right? Because, you know, when you uncoil the chromatin and you, you, you create euchromatin, you're, that results in more gene transcription, right? Because more is accessible. Conversely, uh, when you, uh, you know, transcriptionally inactivate the chromatin uh, by coiling it, that results in less gene transcription. So really, you know, it, you know if I had to kind of give a, you know, a, a central underlying idea to this entire module, it's that chromatin regulation you know, uh, uh, comes as a result of acetylation or deacetylation to produce more or less gene transcription, okay? Um, and so it has to do with this euchromatin and heterochromatin that is uh, uh, uncoiled via HAT and coiled via HDAC. Um, uh, think of heterochromatin as the dormant state of DNA in terms of transcription. That's kind of what I was talking about before, that really when, when coiled chromatin is kind of like in reserve or in storage, you know, you throw it in the pantry. Uh, that's what coiled chromatin is. Um, so the HDAC stuff that I talked about, so now we're kind of moving on. That, that was one form of regulation. There's still actually um, two more. Um, uh, so the HDAC stuff, histone deacetylation, uh, is often combined with the DNA methylation mechanism. And uh, if you remember, DNA methylation occurs in the process of gene silencing. Um, I know I've talked about this in another module, but it's important enough that I'm going to re-explain it very quickly. Uh, basically, if you add a methyl group to a part of the um, of the, the chromosome, uh, you can silence certain genes, okay? So I told you that, you know, uh, the DNA strand, the nucleosome, is wrapped around the histone core, right? If I wanna deactivate, if I wanna make sure that part of that strand is not transcribed or anything, I would actually methylate it. I would, I would add methyl groups to um, specific portions. And actually, I can tell you what those portions are. They're the cytosine nucleotides, 
Okay, gene silencing really is the more permanent method of downregulating gene, gene gene transcription. Okay, so you know, with everything I talked about with HAT and HDAC, is kind of like a temporary thing, right? Because if you uncoil it, you can use it right now, and then you can coil it up really quickly, right? It's a very rapid process that, that can occur very quickly, um, and it's not permanent. Gene silencing, when you're attaching the methyl group, actually kind of does the same thing. I just told you that when you methylate something, you deactivate it, right? Because, and, and I can ex actually explain why, I was gonna do it a little bit later, but it's actually coming up right now. When you, specifically, when you methylate those cytosine nucleotides, you're, you're getting in the way of transcription because the enzyme polymerase, the polymerase enzyme can't bind, okay? The methyls kind of bulk up the strand so that the enzyme can't bind to it. And that's what results in gene silencing. So methylation silences the gene or silences a strand, a fragment of DNA, and demethylation unsilences it, right? So if, if, you, if you don't want this strand to be um, transcribed, you methylate it. That's a permanent thing. If you don't want it to be transcribed, but you don't want it to permanently not, or for long-term not be used, then you just use, um, uh, you use HDAC. You coil that section up. Uh, so these things kind of work hand in hand. Um, and again, DNA methylation is the addition of a methyl group to a cytos to cytosine uh, nucleotides via methyl transferase. Okay, so that's kind of the third enzyme we've talked about now in this module. There's HAT, histone acetyltransferase, uh, uncoils the chromatin. There's HDAC, histone deacetyltransferase, uh, histone deacetylase. Let me check that. Histone deacetylase, I'm sorry. Um, and that uh, coils up the chromatin. And then you have this one, um, methyl transferase, which is involved in DNA methylation. Um, there's one thing uh, um, that's worth noting. It's kind of a side thing, but uh, the term of the concept of epigenetic regulation might come up. And this is, if you remember from a very old module, epigenetics is just um, inheritable traits really. So um, epigenetic regulation is when gene regulating modifications such as acetylation are inheritable. I don't want this module to seem unorganized. That epigenetic regulation was just kind of thrown in randomly, but I want to just make mention of it because they've talked about it in the video. Um, but anyway, back to the concept of DNA methylation as kind of more permanent or not, not permanent DNA methylation, you know, meth, you know, DNA can be methylated or demethylated. It's not that once you attach a methyl group, it never comes off. It's just a more long-term solution for gene silencing or unsilencing. Um, so DNA methylation typically occurs in CPG islands. So that's capital C, lowercase p, and then capital G again. Um, and I know you might think like, what the heck, like, CPG island, that's some complex terminology. And I'm gonna tell you right now, it's literally so simple. CPG just means a strand that's cytosine rich. That's it. I won't even really call it CPG islands. I wouldn't, but you know, that, that's what they call it. Um, and, and really, if you kind of, you know, reason it out again, um, uh, just remember that, you know, where does methyl transferase, where does DNA methylation occur? Does it occur anywhere on the chromosome? No, it occurs specifically at the cytosine nucleotides. Therefore, if you have a CPG island, which is cytosine rich, there are a lot of cytosines in the strand, you have a lot of opportunity for methylation. You have a lot of opportunity for silencing. And in, in, in fact, your silencing can actually get very specific because you can silence smaller and smaller strands because there's more cytosines, right? If there's two cytosines separated by a billion base pairs and you, you, know, and you attach methyl groups to those cytosines, you, you, know, you, you silence that entire billion long strand, right? However, if you have, you know, a hundred cytosines peppered in in somewhere along those strand, then you can silence specific ones, and you're allowed to uh, allowed to um, 
more like increase the specificity of your regulation. So that's the, the it's that's why we make note of CPG islands, which are just cytosine rich. Um, CPG, uh, an easy way for me to remember that it's cytosine rich, uh, I, I think of CPG as standing for cytosine pairs with guanine. Cytosine, pairs, guanine, CPG, whatever helps you, but just remember it's cytosine rich. And that actually kind of helps me remember that it's, it's the cytosine nucleotide that these um, methyl groups are binded to. Um, so intuitively, this makes sense. A sequence must contain high concentration of cytosine because the methyl groups are only added to the cytosines. Um, DNA methylation stably alters gene expression. In other words, it does so well, allowing the molecule to remain stable. It doesn't need to tear apart um, um, the module, uh, the molecule. And this is kind of how I draw the distinction between what we were talking about in the beginning of this module of um, HDAC and HAT, right? HAT and HDAC, they literally have to uncoil the chromatin and, you know, to make use of it and, and then coil it up again. They kind of make a mess really. Uh, whereas methylation, the, the silencing is where you're just adding um, methyl groups to this. So it, it's a little bit more stable. Um, DNA methylation occurs as cells divide from embryonic stem cells to specialized cell tissues, uh, specialized uh, tissue cells. So it occurs over a wide window and it can be done safely. It's this very safe form of regulation. Um, now to finish this module off, um, abnormal DNA methylation has been implicated in carcinogenesis, which is just the initiation of cancer formation. Um, and uh, specifically, specifically, DNA methylation affects gene transcription in two ways. Okay, so the present number one, the presence of a methyl group um, uh, following methylation may physically impede binding of transcriptional proteins and enzymes to the gene. And that's what I already said, right? I already told you that when you have these methyl groups that are attached to these cytosines, they bulk up the strand that prevents polymerase, which is an enzyme, which is a type of protein that prevents that polymerase from binding among other stuff, okay? Um, but that's actually the less important um, uh, effect of methylation on gene transcription. That, that is a way of hindering uh, transcription. The more important one is that methylated DNA may be bound by MBBs. MBB, that acronym stands for Methyl CPG Binding Domain Proteins. Ugly word, so thankfully you don't need to know much about it. All you need to know is that MBBs recruit additional proteins to a particular location in or on the chromosome, uh, and this modifies the histones, forming dense, inactive heterochromatin, which is transcriptionally silent. Okay, so I kind of want to repeat that, uh, kind of give you a summary of the whole module, because I know this, this was pretty long. Um, so we started talking about the different forms of regulation uh, and we discussed chromosomes a little bit and we talked about how there are four types of histones in an eight histone core uh, and that chromatin consists of DNA histones and non-histone proteins. The four histone types were H2A, H2B, H3, and H4. We talked about um, acetylation, which uncoils the chromatin via HAT or histone acetyltransferase and then HDAC, uh, histone, deacetyl, uh, histone deacetylase, uh, coils the chromatin, uh, and this is actually the form of chromatin regulation because uncoiling results in more transcription and coiling results in less transcription. So acetylation is really the process that controls regulation of chromatin. We discussed epigenetic regulation, which is just the concept that gene regulating modifications are inheritable. So you can you can uh, gain the acetylation form of regulation from your parents or from an ancestor. Um, we talked about how HAT produces euchromatin, and that's a fancy way of saying that euchromatin is the term for transcriptionally active um, nucleosomes or, or DNA, and then, uh, uh, and then heterochromatin is transcriptionally inactive. 
Um, we then talked about how uh, histone deacetylation, the HDAC stuff, so coiling up the um, nucleosomes or coiling up the chromatin uh, works uh, closely in hand with the DNA methylation mechanism. And then we actually transferred from there into the concept of DNA methylation as kind of a more um, a more long-term uh, form of regulation. Uh, and it's kind of a little different because it's gene silencing as a result of just turning something on and off. It's, it's deactivating sections of the strands. Um, from there, we talked about CPG islands, which are cytosine-rich sequences, and that matters because methylation occurs only at the cytosine nucleotide. So that's why CPG islands matter. Again, CPG island, cytosine pairs, guanine. Um, also, that DNA methylation is a stable form of uh, gene expression alteration, so it, it does so while the molecule remains stable. And then we talked about how DNA methylation is uh, implicated in carcinogenesis, so you know the development of cancer formation um, may arise from uh, abnormal DNA methylation, uh, and that might be through um, methyl groups that are blocking transcription because they bulk up the strand. Uh, and number two, that the methylated DNA uh, is bound to those methyl CP binding domain proteins and these MBBs recruit their own protein. So really kind of, you know, if, if, if I'm to recap the last two things about the abnormal DNA methylation, it's that uh, DNA methylation bulks up the strand, right? When you add methyl groups, it bulks up the strand. But sometimes when you add those methyl groups, um, the methylated DNA is bound by those MBBs. So it's bulking up the strand once. And then those MBBs attach their own proteins on top of it. So you're really bulking up the strand. Uh, and that's kind of how you disfigure the DNA and it results in a lot of um, um, uh, issues such as carcinogenesis, but mainly it's that that DNA is transcriptionally silent.